Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. First and foremost, we hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We both had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I am down here in Florida with my husband's family, so it's been quite warm, but we had an amazing spread. Mac, how was your Thanksgiving? Listen, it's always, you know, one of the favorite holidays, obviously, KG. When you're an offensive lineman, it just comes natural that (laughs) Thanksgiving is is one of your absolute favorites. We got to go hang out with Khaki's family, which is always a a special time, and uh, Muddy's house, as we call her, over in uh, Duncan, South Carolina. Duncan. Great to see everybody, but... uh, it is rivalry week. It is time. We have loaded games, KG. Cannot wait to dive into each and every one of these. Yes, and perhaps in years past, Mac, we would have spent time on Thanksgiving sides and, you know, all of this <laughs> these great discussions that we've had before. But these games are so good and honestly so important to the ACC and to a lot of these teams that I think we just need to dive right in. And let's get to our big three. We actually are doing big four. We're doing big four because we're doing kind of the four rivalries that everyone's going to be talking about, the four games that really matter to conference races and to, of course, the fans, but also playoff races, Heisman races, all these things. Let's start with NC State at North Carolina. This is 3.30 p.m. today, Friday, on ABC. Right now, when we are recording this a little earlier in the week, UNC is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is at 56. Mac, both of these teams are in very interesting situations. We are not sure what to expect from NC State at the quarterback position. Could be a little QB by committee. Could be MJ Morris. We're not sure. For UNC, we know what to expect, but we need to see UNC play with a lot more urgency than they did last week. No, I don't think there's any question about that, KG. And really, you know, looking at the North Carolina perspective, you know, just because of, you know, the the bad effort, quite frankly, from a week ago, that this game is now all about an individual, all about an individual. It's all about Drake May. The, The only thing that matters is that he balls out and those guys secure, you know, his invite to New York. And And it's something where, you know, we didn't think that there was any doubt about it. I still think that he should win it. But because of recent bias, because of things that people are going to say, well, don't forget about this game, and he lost, uh, that's certainly something that can can hurt him. So for me, man, what an opportunity here on ABC right after Thanksgiving, Friday, today, everybody is going to be watching, and and you're going to have the attention of the entire country. So you've got to show out. You've got to have a massive individual day, and I, I think that that's more than possible. You know, last week was just really weird. It was guys on different pages Bunch yeah. of drops that were very uncharacteristic. Six drops, a bad interception, and you know some injuries. Quite frankly, in the wide receiver room, didn't have Copenhagen, uh, Copenhaver, excuse me, the tight end there that has really done some damage. You know for this offense for UNC, and of course, uh, no Antoine Green. We know how big that is for UNC as well. So Drake's got to be Superman. He's got to step up, and uh, KG, he's got to really get going. He has. If we're just talking about the Heisman race right now. He's got to have a huge day. This is, again, an ABC game, 3.30 on Friday. I think a lot of people will be watching. And if he wants to get back into – I think he's still pretty safe in terms of going to New York. 
but I worry about the winning it just because losing to Georgia Tech is a loss that your average voter is going to look at and probably didn't watch, let's be honest, and is going to think, well, you know, that that's a reason. That's going to be an excuse for your average voter to perhaps mm-hmm. knock him out. So I think you need to see like a 400-yard day from him here. And then, as I've said throughout this whole last couple of weeks, he's got to beat Clemson. And so that's the next thing. But this UNC team, Mac, they've got to be careful. And Mac Brown's talked about this. It felt like they were overlooking Georgia Tech. He even said he liked that Larry Fedora used to schedule an FCS team before NC State, and he didn't do that, obviously. Right. <laughs> and now I, I don't think there's any fear of them overlooking NC State because it is their rival, but you can't be looking ahead to the ACC championship either. Right, exactly. And that's going to be something where, man, if you do that, it could get bad. Right. It could get really ugly you know, for the Tar Heels, especially with how much this rivalry means to each team, the fan base. I know it's at Chapel Hill, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's something where these guys are going to be jacked up. And and when I look at this defense, I I know that, you know, NC State has been hit super hard by injuries again at the end of this year. It's been something that just really has hurt them, you know, in the last handful of seasons at different times and and things of that nature. But I, I just think that when you see the kind of blueprint that Georgia Tech had there, NC State should be able to replicate that easily. They should be able to do that where they heat Drake up, they send pressure, they try to you know, really get in his face early. I don't know if they'll have six sacks, but certainly can, can try to do that. The other piece is just you know with, with shutting down the run. You know, I think if you can do that for, for North Carolina, then you've got an even worse kind of output there. They really tried to run it a ton against Georgia Tech. It, it was almost this reserved uh, play calling, if you will, towards yeah. the, the middle half of the game there instead of just really pushing it like they had done all game. So I'm fascinated to see it. Fascinated to see who plays for NC State, just because, again, so many unknowns in the college game, you don't have to tell anybody anything. Um, so we'll see. We, we don't know until kickoff, KG. Uh, but once we do, it, it's going to be it's gonna be fun and electric to see who runs out there for the pack. And, you know, maybe that's an advantage for NC State because UNC's not sure who to expect at quarterback. I would add this to NC State. Their season has kind of gone off the rails a bit, right? They're looking at seven and four right now, perhaps seven and five or eight and four. This can salvage a lot of that. Beating North Carolina, beating a ranked North Carolina, beating the coastal champs can salvage a lot of that for NC State. So I I promise you this NC State team is going to be motivated and prepared for this game, Mac. No question about it. And again, I think when you look at the, you know, North Carolina offensive line, those guys just have to Mm. step up. I mean, be patient, absorb those blitzes, pass off the games, be, be able to sort out, you know, kind of the trash that I expect, you know, to really see from, from North Carolina State here because that was just – it was not good, you know, what you saw from, from a week ago. Uh, and, of course, that defense, it, it's, been the, it's been the worst in the ACC. Can you step up and do anything against a pack team that maybe doesn't have, you know, anything but their fourth-string quarterback? So those are kind of the things that I'm looking at. When you're talking about keys, KG, and, and looking at this game – I think it is that offensive line protecting Drake. There, there were too many times last week, even when he wasn't sacked. He was sacked six times, even when he wasn't hit, uh, you know, that he was running for his life, that he was mm-hmm. trying to, you know, speed up things before they needed to happen. And then for NC State, uh, it, it's just who plays quarterback. It's not really a key. It's a question mark. Uh, who's going to be out there? Can they run the offense? Because as we've seen, you know, when it's Jack Chambers, this offense is completely different. Uh, if they have to go – you know, to Finley and and he can throw the football fairly well, you know, then you're a little bit more balanced. You can do the things that you need to do. But, man, it's a big old question mark there at the QB position. 
Yeah, I think that's that's properly put there, Mac, that <laughs> the key is something that we're really not sure of what we're going to see. And even with MJ Morris, we saw him look like a freshman in uh, a couple weeks ago when he struggled against Boston College. My stat for the, my stats this week all have to do with the series between these rivalries. I was surprised to learn that North Carolina leads this series very handily. UNC leads the series 68 to 37 and there's been six wow. ties. Were you surprised by that, Mac? That, that's a big gap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely I'm surprised by that. Absolutely. That's like the Clemson-Carolina gap, honestly. The first game was back in 1894. <laughs> UNC won 44-0. This is not the oldest rivalry. This, game, this rivalry started in 1894. It is the second oldest of the ones we'll talk about this week, so I will uh, get to that one later. Mac, in terms of picks, because we just don't know what's going on with NC State's quarterback— because I think UNC, this was a serious wake-up call for them last week, I, I'm taking UNC to cover at home. I think this could end up being a seven, mm-hmm. seven or ten-point game. I'm going to take UNC minus six and a half. I, I think that's the smart thing to do, KG, just because of the question marks really all throughout the team, you know, health-wise, at offensive yeah. line, at running back, defense, uh, and, of course, quarterback. So the one thing I do know, Drake's May, May is playing. The one thing I do know – Maybe it was the best thing that could have happened for UNC that, that they you know suffered that loss because now they're just so dialed in and maybe a little bit upset and angry uh, to, to get this dub here against the Wolfpack. So I, I think that I think that uh, the Tar Heels roll here and uh, you know could go into the ACC championship feeling really good. All right, we have our picks there. By the way, Mac and I agreed too much last week. We agreed on everything. We both went five and three. <laughs> so our records right now, Eric McLean, I am thirty four and twenty nine. You are 31 and 31. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, I'm even. Yes. Back at 500. We're going, baby. We're about to take off right now. <laughs> this week is going to be huge. Come this on. This week is going to be huge. It's going to be huge for our contest and for, you know, all these I also games. think I also think it's going to be a lot of similar picks again, sadly. Mm. I, I don't think there's going to be some separation right here. I thought I was going to be able to close the gap. I don't know if that's true. Let's talk about this next game then. Florida State hosting Florida, 7.30 p.m. on ABC tonight. So you watch UNC, NC State, and you go right into Florida, Florida State. It's literally perfect. What else? What, what more could one ask for, Mac? And these teams are coming into this game in very different directions. Very different. Yes. Florida State is feeling great. Florida is not. I do think it, it's good for FSU and good for FSU fans when you look at Florida. They are already bowl eligible. That's good. Mm-hmm. If they were mm-hmm. five and six instead of six and five, and they knew they had to get this one, I wouldn't like that for FSU. But also, also they feel like they have to get this one anyway because it's a rivalry game. FSU is a nine and a half point favorite. I feel like there's a lot of respect coming in from Vegas for Florida State here, Mac. No, I, I do too, and I actually love the number. I, I think when you just mm. see how hot Florida State is playing right now, I mean, I, I just don't know you know, how you could lean the other way, especially a team that just lost to Vanderbilt, a team that has lost three out of the last five. I mean, it's it's not yeah. good. The, the state of Florida football right now is is not ideal. So what an amazing opportunity for Florida State, a team that you're going to tell me these, these, you know, stats here in a bit for the rivalry and things of that nature. But recently, I just feel like it's been one-sided. And, yes. you know, can you dominate them literally from the coin toss? I mean, when, when you're at home, Night game, it better be rocking. It better be excited. Continue to be who you are. Continue to be super efficient, running the football, passing the football. JT has been so special this year, the second-best quarterback 
in the ACC from mm-hmm. start to finish. And, you know, maybe should have given him a little bit more respect sooner. Uh, maybe he should have been that because uh, he's played at such a high level um, this entire season. It's been really fun to watch. The key is, though, don't let the emotions of the game creep mm. in because quarterback is is the ultimate position. Don't let the rivalry, don't let the excitement, the night game, all these different things kind of creep in. Just be calm, cool, collect, which I think that he is – you know, old enough, wise enough uh, to, to do that and, and to understand the moment that he's really in. Uh, but even more so, leaning on that big offensive line, leaning on these running backs. You, you've got your three-headed monster back, you know, with Benson, Tolafili, and Ward there. So plan of attack, you're feeling really, really good going against this Florida team that's struggling mightily right now. Yeah. Run the ball. Do what you do. Let Jordan Travis make plays with his arm and his legs. I also think, you know, I think that's an interesting point about JT because he is a Florida kid. So you've got that aspect right. in this game, which I really like, honestly. But he's been, he's seen it all, you know. There's nothing that Jordan Travis hasn't seen. And I think when you're FSU and you're approaching this game, you think about last year. You think about how you had that game and right. you lost by three and yep. you, it was just, it was an absolute heartbreaker. And now you know you're the better team, so you've got to find a way to do it. There, there is that fear of you've been dominated in this rivalry as of late. You're feeling good. They're not. Could, could we see something crazy because it is a rivalry? And there's more pressure. There's a lot more right. pressure on Florida State in this game than Florida. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong there at all. And, and when I look at okay, kind of what Florida has done, it, it's just been. Fairly mediocre. I mean, they've got some playmakers. They've got some guys that are making stuff happen. I mean, Anthony Richardson, by a lot of people, is deemed as you know one of, one of the best quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but he is a special player. He is a, is an athlete that, that can do a bunch of things. He had 400 yards passing, you know, last week. Probably the first time he's done that in his career, and just was really letting it rip. The, the one interesting thing was that his leading receiver in that game where he throws for 400 was a freshman that's played in like one other game. So it's a very strange place that that Florida is in right now. Have a couple of really key running backs in Johnson and ETN. How that happened, I don't know. Uh, But uh, (laughs) when you look at those guys, they they run the ball extremely well. Uh, Just don't, don't, you know, let – you know, AR just sit back there and pick you apart because, or throw guys wide open because he can't pick you apart. That's the deal. Like his accuracy has really struggled his entire career – Play sound pass defense. It's one of the best, if not the best, in the ACC. And, uh, you know, just really put the clamps on those guys. Force him into throwing in tight-knit windows. And then take the ball away. And and let's get this thing running from Jump Street and really get going at a very quick pace here for Florida State. Force him to beat you with his arm. And that sounds weird because he did throw for four and against Vanderbilt. It is Vanderbilt. But force him to put it in tight windows (laughs) and make those types of plays. Uh, Mac, when I look at this game – I don't think anyone calls it this. I was looking at the names of these series. On Wikipedia, it says oh, this game is the called rivalry. the... Yeah, well, it, it says this game is called the Sunshine Showdown. I have never heard someone call this huh. game that. Interesting. Interesting. That doesn't sound right. I haven't either. But... Is that your stat of the game? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll just bring it up. The stat, stat is zero is... people in the whole world call it that. <laughs> I've never heard that. My stat is that Florida has won three in a row in this series. And they've the last or the two first games of that they dominated last year was very close. So FSU is due, and obviously they're the better team at this point. I'm going to take this is this is crazy, and you can give us your keys, Mac. But you're probably going to judge me here, and I think I'm just trying to go differently than you. I think this is a rivalry. I think Florida State 
is still trying to get over that hump in this game, even though they're the better team. I'm going to take Florida to cover. I think that nine and a half is a lot. I think that Florida is going to be juiced for this game. I think Anthony Richardson is a very tough guy to keep under control. But Florida's, I mean, they're, they're not they're not great. But I'm still going to take Florida plus nine and a half. I think that's the way to go in this rivalry game. As FSU, I think they're going to get it done, but it, they're going to make you sweat about it a little bit. Okay. So my key, you know, it's interesting that you kind of say that. My key is do not lose to the logo. Do not pay attention mm. to the logo. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It does not matter that Florida's running out there. It matters that Florida State is running out there. And I'm looking at their last five games here, KG. The last four, they have been blowing people out of the water. FSU, like Florida yeah. State is just playing at such a high level right now. Since that bye week, got some guys back healthy, and it's a totally different team now. The level of competition certainly hasn't been ideal. Certainly hasn't been great. This is probably quite frankly, the best team that they've played since Clemson with that close loss there. Uh, but I, I don't think that matters. I think it's all about Florida State. I'm taking the Knowles with the points. I think they absolutely roll, and that confidence going into bowl season is going to be tremendous. Hopefully they get another SEC or Big Ten team, and uh, you know the Knowles are going to walk off this season with 10 wins and a couple of really, really impressive ones. I think so, too. I just feel like the rivalry aspect is going to show up in this game. We will see. It's just a hunch. Surely could. It surely could. Would not surprise me at all. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Okay, our next game here is the Palmetto Bowl, which really no one calls it that in the state of South Carolina. They just call it Clemson, Carolina. Come on. Yeah, they do. We all call it that. Come on. It's on the trophy. Eh, I just call it the Clemson, (laughs) Carolina game. Clemson is a 14 and a half point favorite right now, earlier in the week. Can I just say something about this real quick? ABC. Yes, Mac. So... Coach Rick, after the Tennessee game, was, I wonder what the spread's going to be. You think there's any way that Clemson's not favored? I don't know if he was halfway joking because, you know, in his heart, he is an SEC homer. Like, he just yeah. can't help it. Sure, he's a Georgia He just guy. can't help it. Yeah, and I think he low-key does not like Clemson for whatever reason. Um, but I think he was joking, but I would just looked at him like, are you outside of your mind? It's going to be double digits. And everybody in there was like, no, what are you talking It's not going to be double digits. I said, guys. South Carolina sucks. Like, they're not a good football team. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Go ahead, KG. Say whatever you're about to say. I'm sorry. So you are correct in that Clemson is a 14.5-point favorite. I think Vegas understands how this game has gone. My stat, just very quickly, Clemson's won seven in a row by an average margin of 26 points. Think about that. And I think the main – theme here, Mac, even though we both said it's good for Clemson that South Carolina beat Tennessee, knock Tennessee out. Mm-hmm. South Carolina looks better. You know, the SEC people are going to be propping them up. But this has been one of the most inconsistent teams in the country that you never know what you're going to get. Like Shane Beamer, and we love Shane Beamer. He was great to us when he came on our podcast. Love big Shane, Shane Beamer. Beamer doesn't know what he's going to get when you run out of that tunnel <laughs> and you get ready for the game. Rattler has had three good games and like the rest have been a struggle. And it's so odd because the Tennessee game was just that's the it's I, I worry about the Gamecocks for this because that's the best they can play. Like that's the best. Mm-hmm. And you're going to replicate that mm-hmm. against a defense that's a lot better on the road in a game you haven't won since 2013. That's hard for me to believe. Nope. They're not. And honestly, you bring up the <laughs> Shane Beamer piece. That is the only piece of this thing that is stopping me from going like off the rails on these guys. Like just totally 
crushing everything about him. But I really do like that man. And I do not want to say bad things about his team. But I will say facts. Spencer Rattler clearly has ability. Clearly is a really good player, but has not had a great year. He struggled this year. He has only thrown over 225 yards three times. Two of which he threw over 370, 377 and 430. The other was 227 in the first week against, I think it was Georgia State Technical College, something of that nature. Uh, So it wasn't that great. He's only thrown multiple touchdowns. That's two, one, two, three times this year. And that was two, two, and then six. So there's this anomaly of a top five team in the country where everything went right. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Listen, we live, as I'm looking over here to my left, I could hit a driver and then a nine, Mm -hmm. and I would be in the stadium. That's how close we are. So Khaki and my mother-in-law were hearing this all night long. And then, thank God, they ran out of fireworks so my child could go to sleep. But it was incredible. Here's the deal. That's not going to happen. It it absolutely is not going to happen. There's going to be no life for that offense because what they're going to go against in this defense. These guys are so improved for Clemson. They have really stepped it up. And I think the biggest change has been at that linebacker position. When you put Trenton Simpson back in a spot that he can just rush the passer, wreak havoc, had two sacks, a forced fumble last week. Barrett Carter, Jeremiah Trotter have been playing lights out in the middle of that thing, calling the defense, communicating, setting everything up. Those guys are going to go crazy. That defensive line, listen, (laughs) Spencer was not rushed at all. That is not going to be the case. That young man is going to be running for his life from the Tigers on Saturday uh, and, and it's just KG. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something. It's gonna be cold. It's noon. Thank God it's noon for them. It could be worse. They haven't been there in four years. Um, and it's gonna be a little rainy. So the environment is not going to be ideal for throwing the football at a high clip. I think Clemson grounds and pounds. I think this is an absolute blowout. Uh, and the Tigers roll, feeling really good offensively and defensively going into the ACC championship. I like that you brought up the point that this game has not been played in Clemson since 2018. So Clemson fans are going to be juiced. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. Mac, my my main concern for Clemson, especially when I look at the number, 14 and a half, pretty big number, are Clemson's turnovers. The turnovers have been an issue. Clemson has been fumbling a lot. And it's been the main dudes, DJU and Shipley, have both been fumbling the ball. And that can turn. That that turnovers in a rivalry game and the momentum there, mm-hmm. that can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. So that is my main concern for this Clemson, especially if it's raining, Mac, you add that factor in the ball right. security for your starting quarterback and your starting running back has really been an issue for Clemson this year. Yeah, no, th- there's no question. I mean, that's a very valid point and, and something that we've seen since the Syracuse game be like a real problem, like a, a yeah. big time problem, you know, for Clemson, they put the ball on the ground five times last week against Miami Miami only able to get two of those. You get five of them. I mean, who knows what that game, uh, probably only like a 20-point win, not a 30-point win. Um, so when, when I see that, KG, it, it's something that, yeah, if you get those guys any kind of life, you give them any kind of juice, there, there's some serious damage that could be done there. Just, again, looking at them, there's very little pass rush that, that South Carolina has been able to really have all year long. I think they have 17 sacks on the year, so that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, you know, for DJU or for this offensive line. Uh, and, and then the same thing, just running the football. There, there's been guys just run all over, you know, South Carolina all year long. So I think that three-headed monster with, you know, Shipley and, and Maffa and Pace, now that that's back, uh, and then you add in DJU to kind of have a, a fourth threat there, if you will, 
I think that's really going to be instrumental for Clemson the rest of the year if they happen to to go to you know the playoff or whatever postseason game they play in. I think we'll really see that. The one piece of Carolina, I'm, I'm going to say two complimentary. Maybe it wasn't a compliment, but this will be a compliment. Jaheim Bell is really good. Like he's a tight end, H back weapon uh, that that South Carolina uses. Clemson better know where he is because he lines up in the backfield in the slot as a true tight end. He, he's just a really really good player. Number zero. You better know where he is. I'm, I'm not. He's not quite Debo because that's just a totally different guy. Uh, but he, they use him in a plethora of different ways. And just because of some injuries, primarily he lined up in the backfield last week against Tennessee. Had like 17 rushes or something of that nature. So you better know where he is and, and the things that he can do and, and really hurt you from an offensive perspective. This is the kind of game where most of the time I would be suckered into taking the points because – of how good South Carolina looked last week, but I'm I'm truly viewing that as an anomaly. I think that's the fair okay, way cool. to view it. So I, I'm taking Clemson <laughs> to cover. I don't love that there's a book there. there. I don't love the 14 and a half, but especially because this game's at home, Clemson's won 40 in a row at home. I, I think yeah. Clemson minus 14 and a half is the move here, Mac. I think Clemson absolutely beats these guys down. And on Monday, I'll tell you all about it. And if I'm wrong somehow, I'll tell you why I was wrong too. Um, that, that's the good part about it. But I just I just have a little feeling that Clemson is okay. very excited that the uh, the chickens are coming back home. I think they can't wait for that. Okay, our final game here in our Big Four is Louisville at Kentucky. This is a three o'clock game on SEC Network on Saturday. Kentucky's a three point favorite. Mac, this is the Governor's hmm. Cup. Is what I have seen. I've heard that a bunch. That's a great. That's a great rivalry game. Great rivalry. I like that. The concern here, and I'll just throw out the stat here because this is this is the issue, Mac. Kentucky has won three in a row in this series by an average of thirty six points. Keep in mind, Clemson Mm. has beaten South Carolina during their streak by an average of twenty six points. Kentucky's beaten Louisville (laughs) over a three game streak by an average of thirty six points that is massive like these games have not even been close so if you're just looking at it from a historical perspective perspective you'd probably say Kentucky minus three especially because this game is in Lexington so all that worries me Mac but but this is it if there's a game if there's a chance if there's an opportunity (laughs) this is it for coach Satterfield for UofL my goodness please go and take it because I am sick of these Wildcats, when it looks like all Louisville, they've got it, Cunningham's going to go crazy, boom, lose by 40. It makes no sense. I just don't see how that's possible in this game because of of two very important factors, the trenches and Louisville's defense. Here's the deal. Louisville, number one in the country. They and Pittsburgh keep bouncing back. Who wants to be number one each week? Louisville now is number one in the entire country, 41 sacks. Kentucky, UK, not doing great. At protecting their quarterback, 125th mm-hmm. in the entire interesting. country. That ain't good. They had lost five guys, or they lost four guys. One guy changed position, so five brand new offensive line starters at the position that have not been to the standard that we've seen from Kentucky of recently. Those guys have been really, really good. They've been running to this victory. I mean, you, we all knew it. Lynn Bowden, Lynn Bowden, however you say, was playing there mm-hmm. a couple years ago. We all knew it was going to be a run play every single down. Louisville didn't. Louisville couldn't stop it. That's not going to be the case this year. They do not have that ability anymore moving forward. So they're going to rely on Will Levis, let him throw the ball, and they can't protect him. And so in that aspect, 
I think they're really going to find a way to get him down, create turnovers. Louisville second in the country with 30 turnovers gained. Mm. Kentucky 40, or excuse me, 77th with 17 turnovers lost. So I think that those two things really going to take a deal there, KG. I think Louisville plays complimentary football. I'm not sure who's going to start at QB, but both have been good. Doman has been a great passer when he does go in there. And uh, just to see the the running attack from Jordan and Evans, Evans listed as probable, I think you're feeling really good if, if you're Louisville in this one. Logically, that all makes sense. Logically, yeah, lo- you're, throw, you think throw Louisville should win yeah, this game. Right. And I would feel better if this game was in Louisville. That being said, Louisville is the better team. I I got to take Louisville plus three here. Do it. I'm doing it. Yes. yes. I'm doing it. Yes. Great pick. I am too. I, I think that they light Will Levis up. I think they create turnovers. I think that perfect complimentary football, not quite Wake Forest what we saw, but maybe half of that. Maybe half of that. Okay. All right. Let's get to our speed round here. Georgia Tech at number one, Georgia. Noon on Saturday on ESPN. Georgia Tech needs one more win to get to a bowl game. Do you believe in miracles? Georgia is a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 49. My main thoughts on this game, Mac, is Georgia Tech plus 35-and-a-half. Now, Georgia's won the last four in a row. Yes! Yes. Georgia's won the last four in a row by an average of 36 points. So that's literally right on the spread. But oh this Georgia Tech team oh is just playing with a different a different level, I think, of belief in each other. And they're playing well together. This is clean, old-fashioned hate is the, the yeah. what we call it. I am not saying Georgia Tech comes anywhere close to winning this game, but I would take Georgia Tech to cover. And, and Georgia has looked kind of lackluster the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Way, way back in the day, Brent Key played for Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. You know what he did? He spoiled Kirby Smart senior night. He beat Kirby on senior Ooh. night. I think history repeats itself. I think they spoil. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I do. I, I am taking Georgia Tech plus uh, a billion points here. But no, I, I think it might be. I think it might be ugly pretty quickly. I was um, like, what? <laughs> praise, praise, and hope that they can keep it between 36. That that would be great. That would be great. Yellow Jack is plus 35 and a half, baby. Let's That's do it. That's the move. That's the move. All right. Kind of a rivalry game, I would say. Wake Forest at Duke, 330 mm. on ACC Network. If you missed our interview what's with What's the Martin, title of this rivalry, KG? What, what's the rivalry game? Um, I didn't look that up. What do we think it's called? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to try to do something witty. I just I can't do it. I don't know. I have no clue. This is 330 on ACC Network on Saturday. Wake is a three and a half point favorite. This game is at Duke. That's that's what gives me pause. Sam Hartman seems like he's back, though, the way he played against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And Duke, what what Duke really struggled with at Pittsburgh was getting in their own way. Muff punt, drops, yeah. just issues that we've seen from Duke. I think I'm going to take Wake Forest here on the road. Just, just the way Ooh. Sam Hartman's playing. Give me Wake minus three and a half, Mac. Yeah, I'm with you. There, there was just so many bad things that happened that were Duke's fault, that they got in literally their own way with dropping touchdowns, dropping punts, giving extra field position, all these bad things. But on that same kind of breath, I saw Sam Hartman really play at a high level you know, last week, and that offense really, really get back to what I thought they could be, who they are. Um, I, I think Sam's going to go out on a high note. I think he's going to set the all-time record in this game. I think he goes for four mm-hmm. touchdowns. And becomes the ACC all-time leading passer with 108 passing touchdowns. So I'm going with Wake. Give me those points, and uh, I think they get it done. 
I like it. I like it. All right, we'll see. Syracuse at Boston College, 7.30 p.m. game on ESPN3. Syracuse is a 10.5-point favorite. Mac, I am not sure that I am back to believing in Syracuse. Now, BC went to Notre Mm. Dame and got absolutely embarrassed, so I'm not sure how they feel coming off of that. Syracuse at least feels better. I'm going to take a flyer here. This game's in Chestnut Hill. I think 10.5 is too many points. And I still believe in Evan Moorhead, even though he really struggled against Notre Dame. I'm taking BC. BC plus 10 and a half. Let's go. I, I'm not sure if BC wins. I think Syracuse wins. But I'll take BC plus 10 yeah. and a half. I think this is the hardest game of the day by mm. far. I really do. Because it's just like, am I going to see this inspired Boston College team that you know beat NC State? Or am I going to see the Syracuse offense that when it's rolling – you know, can score on anybody, and especially a, a really, you know, bad Boston College team right now. Ten and a half is a huge number, but I think that Syracuse can do it. I, I think that these guys stop the streak. I think they get it done. I think Sean Tucker and the boys go nuts. And so with that in mind, taking the orange. I don't know if I like this or not, but here we are. I'm glad so we disagree nice. on two picks here. I like this. The Me Florida, too. Florida Me State too. game yeah. and this game. And we'll see about our last one. That one's one crazy. Right? This one makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you're not with me on this one, I, I'm going to really question you right now. Okay. Pittsburgh at Miami. At Miami. 8 o'clock yeah. on ACC Network on Saturday. Pitt is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The issue with this is that I saw that Miami-Clemson game with my own eyes, and Miami has given up. They've they've given up on mm-hmm. the season. So and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh hasn't. Pittsburgh still has a ton to play for. Pittsburgh could finish eight and four. That that is a very solid awesome. year for Nine Pitt. And, four. and then you go on to a bowl game. Yeah, with the with a bowl win. Right. Yeah. So I'm I think Pittsburgh minus six and a half is the move. I just I do not believe in this Miami team at all. Yeah, so you're with me. I, that's what I thought you were going to say. You. Listen, my boy Kalaja Kansi is going home. He's going back to the three oh five. I think he's gonna go nuts. I think he absolutely terrorizes whoever lines up at quarterback for Miami. They kind of do this revolving door thing and just kind of throw, I think, at a dartboard. Oh, it's your turn. You go in. You you do this uh, right now. I think Izzy's going to go nuts, run, run, run some more. Slovis threw the ball 32 times. That was probably about 16 times too many. I'd like to see that cut in half and just run right, run left. Defense does its job. I, I think Pitt cruises right here. And a lovely little fun fact, KG, remember when we thought this was a play-in game to the yeah. ACC championship. Wow, how we missed that. <laughs> we were off. Uh, a lot of people's predictions were off on that, including ours, because we both picked Pitt to win the Coastal. I still think right. you know Pitt's going to have a really good year, but we'll see. Pitt, don't don't lose this game, Pitt. This is a game that you need to go down there and win. <laughs> you better not. Is this a be- you better, you better not. not game? Yes, I think so. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we better get out of here because we got to go eat some leftovers and see these games that are about to be played. Uh, KG, this was fun. It's rivalry week. I cannot wait on Monday to break all this down. I think there's going to be some really intriguing things happen. And then, of course, it's championship time. Massive week next week, guys. We're going to have a Clemson episode. We're going to have a UNC episode. Fun guests from each. We'll have both head coaches, Coach Sweeney and Coach Mack. And then some surprise players. I don't think you guys are going to want to miss that. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Another great episode, Gramlick and McLean. If you don't have SiriusXM, go get it. Go subscribe. Go get it in your car, on your phone, whatever you've got to do. But we also need you to go over to YouTube mash that subscribe button go over to itunes apple podcast rate review subscribe we would greatly appreciate that but until next time we'll see y'all